Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. Well, for those of you who came in a little late today and visiting with us, I am Pastor John, one of the pastors here at Stonebridge. And I can't believe Easter's only two weeks away. Is it just me or did it, is it really sneaking up on us? Is it, the, is it the weather, like the fact that it's raining and now we only have like two weeks of nice weather till Easter? Is that what it is or? I don't know. But I can't believe it's here and I'm excited. Um, Easter is my favorite celebration because that's when we focus on the resurrection of Jesus, which is the center of Christian faith. So I'm just excited about that. But this week, we are wrapping up the sermon series, Truly Natural. So I'm going to read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And I invite you to hear the Word of God. Mark tells us, They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is God's word. Please join me in prayer. Lord, this morning you have brought us together. You have gathered us, and we thank you for that. But Lord, help us to leave this place understanding how to follow you better how to be your disciples better. Help us to follow, leave this place, Lord, knowing how to follow you in such a way that others have hope in you, others have faith in you. That the hope we have in your resurrection and what you're doing in this world spreads, Lord. So right now, as we're gathered, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your scriptures. May your Holy Spirit illuminate your scriptures for us that we would hear your word clearly, and that through Bartimaeus, we would get a glimpse of what following you looks like. So Lord, speak to us now. We are listening. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I said, we are wrapping up this sermon series titled Truly Natural. And in this sermon series, We've been looking at different healings that Jesus performs in the Gospel of Mark. These miracles that Jesus performs, where he finds someone who in some way their life is broken and he fixes it through his own power. 
And that line, truly natural, it comes from this quote. And I've tried to repeat this quote each week during this sermon series. But it's from the theologian Jürgen Moltmann. I'm going to read it one last time here. He wrote, Jesus' healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized, and wounded. The basic idea there is we live in this creation that God made good, but it's broken. It's fallen. And what we see, what we experience, though we may become used to it, it's not natural. And by natural, I mean it doesn't reflect what God intended for this world. It's not the way things were supposed to be. But for us, from our perspective, we become so used to the grief, the sadness, the loss, illness, death, strife, suffering, that we start to think it's just the way of the world. But when Jesus performs his healings, he gives us a glimpse of what the world was supposed to look like. He gives us a glimpse of what God intended for this world. And each of those healings open up our eyes to not, what just, not just what God intended, but what God is intending. How God's going to change this world, transform this world on that day when Jesus returns. So that's what truly natural points to. But that whole idea, I think, it leaves us with a bit of tension. Because all we get is a glimpse. All we get are these healings that, though great, though miraculous, though worthy of praise and giving worship to God because of them, they're still only temporary. So we live in this tension. Sometimes this has been termed uh, with a phrase, already, not yet, where we already know that the victory has been accomplished, that Jesus went to the cross, he died, he was raised, sin and death have been conquered. But we have not yet fully realized that victory. We have this glimpse of what's to come, but we look around and it's not here yet. The kingdom of God has not fully taken over this world yet. We see this brokenness, this suffering, and we keep struggling. It's that tension that we live in now. And I think many of us who follow Jesus, who claim Jesus as Lord, might from time to time experience a bit of frustration with this. Because you call out to God. You cry out to God. You lift your prayers up to God. And yet the brokenness of this world still creeps in. And if you find yourself wondering from time to time, is Jesus even listening? Is God even listening? I think that's an okay question to ask. It makes sense to ask that question with the things that we experience in our own lives, with the losses that we experience. And I think this scripture passage it tells us about somebody who at least for a few moments didn't know if Jesus was listening or not. This story from the Gospel of Mark about Bartimaeus, it focuses on this man, Bartimaeus. He's a blind beggar. Being blind in the ancient world, it's not great. That wasn't a good life. There weren't any sort of services to help him. Braille didn't exist back then. He was left by the roadside to just beg. 
There wasn't much else for him to do. So blind Bartimaeus here. It's interesting to me that Mark brings him to the surface, that Mark focuses in on him. The other Gospels actually don't mention him, at least not by name. This story in the Gospel of Mark, it takes place right before Jesus is going to enter into Jerusalem. This is right before what's called Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, which we'll look at more closely next week. But Jesus is about to enter into Jerusalem to go to the cross, to suffer, to die, to begin the final stage in his earthly ministry. And Blind Bartimaeus is a story that takes place right before that. This is how Mark decides to introduce us to Palm Sunday, to the triumphal entry, to Jesus' journey to the cross. The other Gospels all do it a little differently. In the Gospel of Luke, Blind Bartimaeus isn't mentioned at all. Instead, Jesus has this encounter with a man named Zacchaeus, who is a chief tax collector and who's short. And Jesus embraces him when nobody else would. And then Jesus tells a parable, and then he enters into Jerusalem. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is having dinner with friends at a party right before he enters Jerusalem. And his friend Mary anoints him. And we know that it's anointing him for his burial. But the people at the dinner party don't understand that at the time. And then Matthew is curious to me. Because Matthew has a very similar story to Mark. Except Bartimaeus never gets named, and instead of just Bartimaeus, there's two blind men. The rest of the story is the same as here in the Gospel of Mark, but there's two blind men in Matthew. I don't really understand what's going on there between Matthew and Mark, but what I do understand is that Mark is pulling our eyes to Bartimaeus. Mark gives him a name. Mark tells us who this person actually is. So, I think Mark is doing that because the entire gospel of Mark is an invitation to discipleship. And along the way, Mark gives us these different examples of disciples of Jesus, and Bartimaeus, I believe, is one of those. And I think Bartimaeus, in a way, can also be an example for us when it comes to prayer, if by prayer we mean talking to Jesus. So like I said, blind Bartimaeus, he's there on the side of the road. And he hears that Jesus is coming. And what's his response? He began to shout. He began to shout. I love this response here. Bartimaeus has been living a difficult life. He's been struggling. He needs something to change in his life. He hears Jesus is coming. So he doesn't worry about what's appropriate. He doesn't worry about what's even strategic. He doesn't worry about what he should be doing. He simply begins to shout, to get Jesus' attention, to do everything he can so that Jesus' eyes will look upon him and Jesus will notice him. I sometimes wish that I prayed more with that type of fervency and urgency that my prayers reflected Bartimaeus' shouting more. I think many of us can accept the truth that God is in control, that God is in charge, which is true. And we say God has a plan. And then we just leave our prayers right there. But Bartimaeus begins to shout. Now, 
during the season of Lent here at Stonebridge, each week we've been taking some time in our services to lift people up to Jesus who are in need of healing. We've prayed for relational healing, spiritual healing, physical healing, healing of communities. And each time that we've been doing that, I believe we've been trying to get Jesus' attention. I mean, isn't that at the core of what prayer is? Lifting your concerns up to God. We know God sees everything, God knows everything, but yet we still are crying out to God, trying to pull God's eyes to the problem that we see in the world for ourselves, for somebody we love. I think each week, in a way, we've been trying to, to shout to God by doing these prayers together. And yet, I know for a fact that at least a few people in this community, your prayers were not answered in the way that you wanted. Though you wrote down the person's name, I, I know that there's still been loss and struggling here in our own church. And I know that there will be. Because sadly, often, there aren't any quick fixes here. And while prayer is important, our words don't bind God. Our words don't get to control God. We don't pray just for the outcome. So, again, if you're in one of those moments where you're thinking, is Jesus listening? Is God even listening? I get it. But notice here in this story with Bartimaeus. At first, we don't get many indications that Jesus hears him. The response to his shouting initially, it isn't Jesus noticing him right away. Instead, it's the crowd around him looking at him, telling him to be quiet. They tell him to stop shouting. They shush him. And I think with many of our prayer requests, when they're not answered, when the way of the world takes over, when this unnatural world breaks into our lives, I think it can feel like a crowd trying to shush us. It can feel like life telling us to stop crying out to God. But that's where Bartimaeus' response is even more powerful to me. Because he doesn't shush. He doesn't become quiet. Instead, what does he do? He cries out even more loudly. Though the people around him are telling him to be quiet, he begins shouting even louder. Though he doesn't have any indication Jesus had noticed him to that point, he begins shouting even louder, doing everything he can to make sure Jesus can't help but notice him. I think that in the response to those feelings of, is God even listening? The response shouldn't be for us to become quiet or to even shorten our prayers or to have less urgency. I believe the response should be to cry out even louder to lift our prayers up even more. Frankly, our response should be to try to pester God as best as we can. And it's not just me saying that. That's what Jesus wants from his followers. He doesn't say it explicitly here in the Gospel of Mark, but in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells this parable. It's from Luke 18. I'm going to read it right now to you. Jesus said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. 
For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? Jesus clearly ties his followers to the example of that widow. And what she does, basically, is just be annoying. She's relentless. She doesn't stop. The judge knows she's not going to stop. And Jesus then contrasts God with this unjust judge, saying if this unjust judge is going to respond in this way, how much more will a just God respond? Jesus wants his followers to be annoying, to bother God, to pester God, to keep bringing requests before God, to not stop. Even if the outcome isn't what we want when we want it, Jesus calls us to continue to pray, to lift our requests up. Blind Bartimaeus shouted even more loudly. And that's ultimately what got Jesus' attention in this story. Jesus, we're told, turns to him and then says this rather curious line to me. Your faith has made you well. I read this story and to me it seems like Jesus is the one who made Bartimaeus well. Jesus is the one who made him able to see again. But Jesus says, your faith has made you well. I, I don't know exactly what's going on there, what the mechanism is, because ultimately I do believe it was Jesus, but maybe it's that Jesus is saying, the faith you displayed by crying out over and over again, by yelling loudly, by not giving up, that drew my eyes to you and that has made you well. Maybe that's what Jesus is trying to say there. When it comes to prayer, I believe it's critical. I believe it's important. And sometimes I believe it needs to be passionate. It needs to be emotional. Sometimes we need to throw everything at God's feet and cry out as loud as possible. And in those moments where you think God isn't hearing, I think those are the moments where you cry out even more loudly. Because the truth is, as Jesus tells us in that parable, ultimately God is a just God. God is a good God. And though your prayer requests may not be answered in the timeline that you want, though God may not respond when and how you want God to, the promise in the resurrection is that God does eventually respond. That in the resurrection, when Jesus returns, this world is made right. What we celebrate at Easter in two weeks that is God's ultimate response here. So we continue praying, bringing those prayer requests before God. Now we've been doing that in the season of Lent with the little pieces of paper that we've been writing down that are here on the cross. Each one of those pieces of paper is somebody's name that one of you submitted, that one of you turned in, laid here at the foot of the cross. And I don't know how God's going to respond and what timeline God's going to respond, but I trust that God will eventually respond. And my hope, though, is that we don't just stop praying like this 
once Easter hits, once Lent is over, but that this becomes what draws us together as a community. A prayer together, lifting up those who are in need of healing, lifting up this world for healing, crying out even more loudly. I think that's what binds us together as Christians, one of the many things that binds us together as Christians. And here as a community, may we continue to cry out to God. Bartimaeus did so, got Jesus' attention, and Jesus made his eyes able to see again. May we continue crying out, knowing that someday Jesus will return, God will heal this world. May we trust in the good God that loves each of us dearly and loves you dearly. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Bartimaeus' example. We thank you for the way in which he kept crying out to you. And Lord, we thank you for the parable of the widow who didn't stop pestering the judge, Lord. We've been praying for over a month now for different types of healing. And we ask again that your healing would come. We ask that more than just your healing would come, we ask that your resurrection would come. We ask that you would restore and recreate this world that you love. Lord, give us the faith of Bartimaeus to continue crying out to you. As we continue our worship through tithes and offerings, Lord, use these gifts also. That we would be a church community that lifts the needs of this world up to you. That we would be a church community that lets others know who you are. That these gifts would be used so that your word of hope and faith and resurrection would be proclaimed through us as a church, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. no space that his love can reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me with your arms spread wide. Take me like an orphan child. Never
resurrection song this is my hallelujah come this is why it's to you i run this is my resurrection song this is
in your softer.